2: Hello, welcome to the RTGA podcast. Mikey Stafford here, hope you're all well. This week I am joined by Damien Lawler and Rory O'Neill of RT, and by Mayo football great Cora Staunton. How is everybody doing? Very good, all Mikey.
1: Good, Mikey, yeah.
0: Yeah, all good, Mikey.
2: Good stuff. Um, we're gonna get on to talking about the uh, All-Ireland Ladies senior football final in a little bit, Cora, but um, we, we, we 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 couldn't let a Mayo person on here now and not ask them for their reflections on Saturdays. Rather remarkable All Ireland football semi-final. We um we were here a few weeks ago and talking about the fatalism of Mayo fans who may think that ah uh, Jesus, it'll be just like us to beat the Dubs and then lose to Kerry. Um, it'll be it be uber Mayo fatalism to think uh, it would just like us to beat the Dubs and then lose to Tyrone. And there's a part of me that thinks very familiar with Mayo fatalism as I am as most people in Ireland are um. Is there a part of Mayo people that think, Jesus, we kind of have Kerry's number, but Tyrone are, are a different kettle of fish altogether?
3: Yeah, I suppose it's quite interesting. The biggest question um, that has been asked, I suppose, since Saturday, especially over the weekend after the game was, oh, um, a lot of text messages. Oh, do you think it's better that Mayo have Tyrone or Kerry? Um, so um, that's probably the question that can't be answered now till um, Sunday week. Um but yeah, no, I think it's you know, and obviously a novel pairing. I I think there's obviously no real psychological baggage there um, in all Ireland finals like there is obviously with Dublin and and, and Kerry in in years past. So yeah, I, yeah, I think it's it's going to be a very interesting final. Yeah, I suppose a lot of people expect to Mayo or Kerry just to come through. And um, probably hadn't a lot of the Mayo people hadn't uh, thrown much of a chance obviously with the COVID situation, but. Um, I think it's going to be a great final. Um, two uh, counties that are very, very passionate um, about about their county and, and and obviously trying to win Sam. Um, and the biggest thing now people are worrying about is tickets because I think if Kerry are in the final, it's probably a little bit easier to get tickets. Yeah. But um, yeah, certainly um, I was in Casablanca this morning and, and things are ramping up again. It has been quite since the Dublin game the week after the Dublin game everyone was on a high they're kind of quiet at the moment but I can see the build up in Mayo is starting to pick up now after um Tyrone's victory so really looking forward to Sunday week and, and what will that hold
2: yeah no it it's 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 great Damien isn't that we have it, like they're two of the finest football counties in Ireland it's called a novel all-ireland final pairing makes it sound like you know we've got some you know two kind of minnows have made it when obviously they're two of the two of the best counties in ireland in terms you know for the last 15 20 yeah. years but it is a novel final it was always going to be novel in dublin or did it anyway but um like it is great that after the kind of the 18 months that we have we now have an all-ireland final here where as core says you've got two groups of supporters who are going to be going do for tickets there's going to be no yeraism here at all there's going to be no kerry fans. kind of you know uh, you know, not being indifferent, but Cor is right. A uh, Tyrone, Tyrone might have a smaller population than Kerry, but I'd say the demand for tickets is a lot ha- higher. It's just there's a there's a lovely kind of um, it's a nice way to kind of put a cap on hopefully the the final GA COVID championship.
0: Yeah, definitely, Mikey, and the like the hunt for tickets has started already. Um getting calls from from mayo people all over the world and getting calls from um Thir- people uh, also and you're trying to explain that any goodwill you had with tickets was was used up with the hurling final when maybe i got three or three or four and i have to try and get football tickets for those people before i can try and look after anybody else but they're like the, the golden walker ticket they don't really exist because your usual sources are shut off because uh it just Ticketmaster uh, County Secretaries links there, there's no real way of networking to get a ticket as such but look at people People will find it um, I think for the, the novelty pairing uh, I have to kind of laugh at this kind of accusation that Tyrone are set up a certain way because they, they lack maybe potency up front they don't they don't lack potency up front they have plenty of it uh, to be fair to Mickey Hart maybe all the, that personnel wasn't available uh, for the, the latter days of his reign but they're available now and uh, Derek Hannigan made some uh, impact when he came off the bench. Uh, Connor Myler did an unbelievable job. And uh, I think all around the pitch, um, from, from Michael McKernan upwards, you know, a, a feature of Mickey Hart's team is where that maybe he could have upset between 9 and 11 scorers on any different match day. And that's still there, but their their forward line uh, looks more potent. Kyle McShane is there too. However, I just don't think Mayo will be as naive in in letting Tyrone uh, challenge them. I don't think Mayo will be sucked into coughing up turnover when they attack. Uh, I think Tyrone brought Kerry uh, into the central channels and and dispossessed him. Um, You know, I think that it was naivety and I don't think Mayo will do it. I think Mayo are quite capable of making their own turnovers. Tyrone are also. uh, Mayo have no fear. Like we talk about a team in transition, that's not a team in transition. They've been working away under conditioning for three or four years now, with the likes of Mullin O'Hara. Uh, so I think the point I'm making here is both teams are ready to go. Uh, both teams, hopefully, it will have a clean bill of health. Uh, I think the ticket situation will look after itself. The best thing to do is just turn your phone off and try and avoid people that that <laughs> you don't normally converse with. And just go for it. Yeah, I think it's, it's going to be, as Cora says, she's dead right. It will be a fantastic game. And while there'll be a defensive outlook to maybe soaking up the pressure the counter-attacking is going to be unbelievable I feel
2: yeah styles make fights Rory and uh, you do get the impression you've two teams here who A relish running the ball and B relish a team running at them with the ball <laughs> so you know uh, and so you, 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 you like this this could be us um, neutral this could be a really frenetic All-Ireland final I think
1: but correct both very athletic extremely athletic teams both um, well capable of running the ball from deep but also I'm not so sure if like the big thing the last day and I suppose it kind of caught up with them an extra time where they started to cramp up in a big way was Kerry ran every kick out when they looked to me like they had possibly a little bit of an advantage at midfield and I think in Machu Ruan, certainly Loftus with a very able assistant. I think Mayo, I can't see Mayo going down the same road there. I think they'll be slightly more agricultural in their approach and they'll back their middle eight to win that war of attrition in and around the middle. But. It's just a brilliant final to savor in so many ways. It's like, like the you were talking about the buzz there, right? This is hilarious. I live in North County Dublin. There's more green and red flags around <laughs> my park here at the minute. Genuinely, there's flags. I've got those.
2: Those like, Ballymun fans where, get everywhere, where, right? Where,
1: where are all these? <laughs> where are all these Mayo people coming from? And I was down at the club last night. We were in. We're in the middle of our street leagues at the minute. And I was down there last night. And um, we're Arma for whatever that's worth in, in the mini All-Irelands, and, uh, and um, I was talking to the to the uh, the club the club uh, minister for finance, and I was saying how many did we get, and he said uh, two, because that's what you get as a club. Yeah. And I said, how many requests have you got? And he said, about 150. (laughs) And mostly Mayo people all living around. So look, they are like gold dust. It's a final to savor. Anytime that there's a final happens for the very first time, no different to the hurling, I think there's an extra buzz and an extra little bit of excitement and an extra bit of giddiness around it. And I think specifically in relation to two teams that wouldn't necessarily be dripping in historical success. Mayo, we obviously know 70 years. Toronto have only won three and it's going back 13. So it's going to be a fantastic occasion regardless of who comes out on top. And it's just a final to really save it for the neutrals as well.
2: Yeah, well, this will be the final question on, on, on this because we'll obviously get into it in a big way next week. And I almost, <laughs> I almost hate to ask you, Cora, but you and all Mayo fans have lived through A lot of defeats and you know they they have tended to come to come against you know you know the 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 bigger teams um except for the the one that stands out I suppose would be Donegal so I'm not trying to bring you down a very negative road here but I'm just curious is it easier to lose to the kind of a romantic opponent than it is to lose to Kerry or Dublin or does it matter uh,
3: yeah I, I don't know but that's listen um, if you I've listened to a, a few different podcasts and a few different things and papers um you know read them in the last while and one sticks out that Andy Moran always speaks about the 2012 All-Ireland against Donegal is one that they should have definitely won and got away um so yeah you know I'd say to lose to someone like Throne obviously it's an All-Ireland final it won't matter who they lose to but you know Mayo would certainly go up there with huge expectations of 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 wanting to um, you know succeed and yeah you know, they they just won fair Ron. I think they have and people do like you can't really talk like psychological baggage but we haven't had against Donegal and Kerry in all Ireland finals and you know while Kerry's probably goes back longer to Donegal but we've had you know games against Kerry that we you know should have won and didn't win and you know semi-finals so we haven't had that really against Tyrone so. You know, it probably doesn't get into the psyche of the players. It's, it's more a, a fans and a supporters thing. But yeah, I, I think certainly, yeah, when, when you listen to someone like Andy Moore and saying that Donegal All-Ireland final was one that they should have won and it was their opportunity. Of course, when, you know, the so-called favourites um, in, in Dublin and Kerry are gone out of it, you kind of think, OK, this is an All-Ireland that we should be winning. But, you know, it's, it's going to take 75-plus minutes and, and a huge performance to get over own.
2: Yeah, no, it's 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 fantastic, and we'll be looking forward to it. And Damien, it might be the last time we see a certain carry uh, man on RTE screens for a while. Uh, Tommaso Shea is um he's uh, he's hanging up his tuxedo and getting out the uh, <laughs> getting out the training cones.
0: Yeah, um, he's joining the the backroom team in Offaly, and um, I had been chatting to Michael Dignan Uh, sideline and at various functions and various events, well not functions because it's COVID times but you know various games over the last few weeks. You weren't
2: in the Marion were you
0: Damien? No I didn't get the text (laughs) Um, and even if I did I would have just assumed they were looking for tickets and I wouldn't have replied but I I could tell by the glint in his eyes that there was something afoot and that there was a big move coming and he kind of said a couple of times with a big news soon or whatever so um, I think the news came a little bit earlier than they would have liked uh, it probably got out somewhere, but uh, Tomás, um, I suppose from a coaching point of view, he's worked with Billy Morgan with UCC. He took the Glanmire Intermediate Team, uh, Glanmire Minor Team, and is now over their first team there as well, and has had good success there in fairness to him as well. And I think that um, obviously as a footballer, everybody knows what, what he's about like with his five All-Irelands and uh, five All-Stars as well, former Footballer of the Year. But I think maybe from his point of view, the then, you, you, you do get an insight into what he will bring. And, um, you know, he's got a good way of, of dissecting. He's fairly straight talking. Um, probably a bit like watching the soccer match last night where, where your man's aura uh, just probably got Portugal through. Tomas She has an aura as well. And for the off footballers to come in after getting promotion to Division 2, their hurlers are motoring quite well. The, uh, the under-20 footballers, obviously, are full of exciting young players. Now, I'd, I'd press caution on that one because uh, their conditioning and their style of football Probably won't cut it at senior at the moment, so they need time to transition and hopefully Tomás will be instrumental in that. But really, it's it's a good news all around and I think that um, the the media will be all the poorer for Tomás' absence for however long he's involved with awfully. But great to see him spreading his his wings. Um, He's joining a county where there's a massive buzz and I would say it's only going to feed into his own managerial and coaching CV as well, Mikey.
2: Yeah, Rory, you of course are the, the producer of the Sunday game and I know you're also a, a keen watcher of golf, um, so when of your heroes, Shane Lowry here, he's cuckolding you, you know, he's, he's stealing your man away from you, it, <laughs> it, it must sting.
1: Uh, yeah, I, you couldn't <laughs> not but wish him the best though, he, and funnily enough, he's actually going to do co-commentary on the all Ireland Football Final um, which will be his swan song and it's good, like you get to hear him for 75-80 minutes, and we'll get to see him a little bit as well obviously at the top of the show so, um, but yeah, look, you couldn't not but wish him well. I'd I, I would also echo Damien's word of caution here because they are going into division two next year. Now in division two next year, Galway, Ross Common, Cork, Meath, um Terry, Down, and Um who else am I missing? There's 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 a couple of there's another couple of big hitters in there yeah, as well. Step. Like There's every possibility they will struggle in that league next year. Not because of anything that Tomás might be doing wrong or anything that John Mahan might be doing wrong. It's just a lot of those teams in there would probably feel that they would be Super 8s in a previous life and possibly, um, you know, last eight, last four contenders for All-Ireland Championships. So they're going to have to make a massive jump up. Now, I think Tomás is big... Moss aura, as, as Damien said, will definitely get a twist out of some of those young lads, and I think this is a great first step for him. I would imagine he has ambitions down the line to become the Kerry manager. Ultimately, you're not going to get that job, Mikey, from sitting in his TV studio. Like The Kerry County Board aren't going to hand you the banished door, bib for what you're saying on the Sunday game for five or six minutes. So, he probably needed to start dipping his toes more firmly in the water. And one thing that I would, Damien mentioned it as well, Like he was over to Glanmire Miners, and that might seem insignificant to a lot of people outside, but to win a minor A football mm. championship in Cork, right? Bear in mind, it's like two championships you've got to win. You've got to win your division first, which is the area that you contest in, and then you go out into a sort of a county championship, which is the eight different divisional winners. This is in an area now that's dominated by Sarsfield's hurling club, which is not football friendly at all. And for Tomás to win a minor A football championship with them, was no mean feat and it'll give you an indication of the kind of impression that he can make on young lads and in terms of getting the best out of them so you'd wish him every success and i think he will be a big success
2: yeah Gore, what was your impression of tomas you've obviously worked with him with him a bit now that um would you have been you know the punditry is going very well for him you know you could (laughs) if you wanted to make a parallel with soccer you could say he's kind of on the lines of a gary neville you know he's a Great former player, pocket full of medals, you know, kind of taking an, uh, an analytical approach to the punditry, which maybe some of his predecessors hadn't. But then when you hear he's gone into management gone, or into coaching, to me, it was no shock. It was like, yeah, he always seemed that was the way he'd be inclined. Would you have had the same impression?
3: Yeah, definitely. I think there's always on any uh, team that you play in, there's always one or two that you can know automatically that's going to become a coach or a manager down the line. Um, there's, there's, and you can see that from Tomás. You can see that in his punditry in the week and the way he talks about football and he can analyse a analyze game. And I think it's a huge coup for um, Offaly to get someone of his stature to come in and to coach a team. Obviously, John Mothan is in there as manager, but... If you're a young Offaly player, and obviously the under-20s have had success in winning the All-Ireland uh, a couple of weeks ago, and, and Damien's very right, it's going to take them a little um, while to transition through and, and, and be ready for senior football. You know, they're not all going to be ready straight away, especially with the under-20 category now being under-20 and not 21. Um, but if you have someone like Thomas here, that's won five All-Irelands, um, the respect that they have for him instantly is huge. But... He knows what it takes to win at a top level. Um, and you know, obviously with Offley, their their main thing is to stay in division two and try and compete in Leinster, but he's automatically going to um try and make them better footballers. The standards that he'll set and, and bring straight away to day one to Offley training is going to be huge. So yeah, you you knew from day one, um, as I said, there's certain footballers in each team that you that you look at and you say, yeah, they're they're definitely going to go into coaching and management. And it's the same in, in in ladies' football. You can pick them out straight away. And you know, same on that Mayo team. You know, I look at the, again the likes of Andy Moore, and he's starting to dip his toes into club coaching here. But he's one that you can always straight away say that, you know, he's a real passion for the game. And um, I, I think Tomas is going to do a super job. Um, but but I I I do think what, what Rory said, it's it's for down the line, you know, Tomas. Has such passion for Kerry. It's down the line that in 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 a couple of years' time, he's looking for that Kerry um, senior job. And yeah, like anyone else, you have to be an apprentice for a while and, and do your stint. And I think that's where you learn in in, in counties like that. You know that um, things aren't as easy. You're not winning all the time. And you know you have to bring um, young players through. And it's a it's a, it's a, it's a so called weaker county that he'll he'll be in and I I think he'll learn a lot from there and yeah and, and in time I wouldn't be surprised if O'Shea is Carry Manager and doing very well with them.
2: Yeah. Well not winning all the time, but you know the under twenty title, Faithful Fields is there. They've got uh they've got himself, they've got Mohan, they've got Michael Fenley and the Hern. They're really uh they're uh, they, they really turned things around. There they have a lot of goal. they have a,
1: they have a, they have a lot of outgoing expenses.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've, they, uh, they've they've got a PGA tour golfer though as well. You know, who's, who's passionate.
3: But I think <laughs> it's great. You see, you see someone like Michael Dygnan coming in and and you know into a county board and let, let's face it, on the hurling and, and football front, a few years back they were struggling on both, on both codes, and he's come in and he's done a super job to get high. The high profile people in and to, to push it and we see their their fruits are coming to fruition already in, in, in with the under 21 victory and what they've achieved in both hurling and, and football in, in a relatively short space of time, so you have to give them huge credit.
0: Yeah. And Cora, you're you're 100%, sorry, Mikey, is 100% yeah. right, yeah. because especially uh, for the last 18 months, uh, apologies, Rory, for cutting in, no, no. Uh, for the last 18 months, I've been listening to the county boards and listening to the troubles that they have and the financial plight that they have and the lack of resources. And I think there's there's a great divide there between the likes of Dublin football and, you know, other counties, maybe around the Midlands or Division Three, Division IV, and there's, there's They're a million miles away. But as Cora said, what awfully have done there with, with Michael Dignan, uh, Profile, personality, enthusiasm, energy. Uh, they've made things happen. They're trying to get the GDAs. Ambition, the ambition.
1: Ambition, ambition.
0: ambition. Yeah. ambition. St- strategic plan, trying to get maybe GDAs up from maybe five or six up to 11 or 12, trying to get back into the schools again, which is the, the founding stone for Offaly Hurling, for example. People like Colum Cummins is acting as secretary. Paul Rouse, they're behind the scenes tapping away. Great, great people. Even with their, their PRO, Brendan Minock, uh, one of the most genuine, uh, proactive, Helpful, courteous officials you can meet. And for a long time there, Offley was uh, associated with dropping down through the leagues, uh, a row over where, where they played or hurling. Their underage thing was nearly an embarrassment. And I'm not saying Michael Lignan is responsible for everything. He's not because the work has started before he took over. But there's certainly momentum there now. And I think that they should, cre- on a crest of a wave, they should stay on it as long as they possibly could. And Shane Laurie coming in, even if he did two fundraising days a year for them, Q and A's or golf events, he could raise a cup, uh, maybe a hundred grand at each event, and that's colossal money for a county like Offaly, for any county. Any it country. just helps them plan for the future.
2: Yeah, okay, well, more power to them. We'll move on to uh, Sunday's final now. And um, Cora, I wanted, to, I wanted to start with with, with Hannah Tyrrell because she's just it's just a fantastic story, really. That you know the the world of rugby was paused, and so she'd gone back. She went back playing with Nafina. Uh, or went to play with Nafina. that wasn't her home clubs from Round Towers. She went to playing with Nafina and thought, right, the Rugby World Cup is is gonna happen, you know. And so I'll I'll just put, kick a bit of ball to keep myself going. Then it gets iced for a year. So uh, she texts Mick Bowen and said, look, I'll come in for training. I don't know if I'm gonna be good enough for that. Uh, in nine games she scored 348 so I, I think she's shown she's good enough and she's kind of done the reverse of you you know like she hadn't kicked a football uh gaelic football i shouldn't kicked around football pretty much for six years before she went back to nafina um it's kind of the reverse of what you had to do obviously where you had to get used to the oval ball down under and uh so i suppose you can probably have some appreciation for it but well, obviously she had her childhood and she had you know she has a grounding in the game but it's, she, she was immersed in a completely different sport for the best part of a decade. And to come back and to, at the highest level, uh, perform the way she has performed is phenomenal, I think.
3: Yeah, and it's been huge for Dublin. Um, yeah, I can't say enough about her coming back because, you know, even for myself, when I'm in Australia, even trying to adapt back to, to, to club football here and then when I go back over to try and adapt to AFL again, it, it takes time Um and more so it probably takes time for me to adapt back to my um, unnatural sports, because obviously Gaelic, you know, is your first sport, so it probably takes a little less time, but it does take time, but she's done a phenomenal job for for Dublin since so she's come in. I think in most of her games between league and championship, certainly in, in the latter stage of the league and championship, she's been player of the match in majority of the games that she's played, which is, you know, is, is a huge feature when you're in a, a star-studded Dublin lineup there of, you know, some hugely quality forwards and players um, right throughout the pitch. So yeah, she's done massive and she's she's filled a, a void there that Dublin had um, with Noel Noelle Healy retiring and leaving. And, you know, uh, with the players that Mick has brought through and especially Hannah, we haven't, you know, really seen the loss of Noel Healy, who, who's a huge loss. She's a footballer of the year. She's won numerous All-Stars and, you know, was one of uh, Dublin's key forwards. So yeah, what Hannah has done um, and even in the semi-final against Mayo, probably had relatively enough um, quietish opening First half, but in our second half performance, I think kicked five points. So, yeah, she's she's been huge, and you know she just blended into the to the Dublin forward line. And it's not just her score in Paris. If you, if you watch her over the field, she's actually one of these players that can be playing inside. She can play um, out in the half forward line, playing as a tracker, working as a wing forward. So, yeah, she she's a number of um, different things that she can do on, on match day. But like it's what it's interesting when she was in with Dublin before this stint, she was in. Um, a few years before her rugby she, she was in a sub goalie so like to go from a sub goalie to now being one of their key forwards and their 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 high scoring forwards and you know going to win an all-star um, at the end of the year and come back in your first year probably winning all Ireland you know you'd have to say Dublin are favourites would probably nail down for an all-star and possibly win player of the year it's yeah it's some story and you know you know it's fair play to her what she's done to come back. Obviously, the rugby background has probably helped her. I mean, the training-wise, the yeah. strength conditioning and fitness work has obviously brought her to a new level and, and, and has certainly helped her. And yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing story.
1: One yeah. thing I would say on it, Mikey, though, um, I watched a couple of their games there last night and she's at like a, 100% uh, again, echo Cora in that she brings a little bit more than just scoring threat. Like she does tend to ghost um, she'll ghost inside like I'd say that sort of positional sense and her ability to sort of replay and pick up the right positions definitely comes from a rugby background in she's announced half so, she yeah, so like the she, she's, she, she's yeah so like she's she's very she's very clued in there like she, you can see her drifting out on the right hand side next thing all of a sudden she's in full forward she's a target she's, oh, she's a target for long balls to go in one little caveat I would offer on all of this she uses her right foot for effectively standing on she has no, she is extremely, like, I mean, she can't, she, she does not have, uh, so if, if, like, if you were in an opposition, sizing her up, for instance, if Mead are looking at a potential weakness, if you push her onto her right foot, she's not getting a shot off. She just you know,
0: isn't. Rory, you're, you're right on what you're saying. I, I was going to make a point, actually, Corey but know more about just the technicalities of it. She has an unbelievable way, though, of, of manipulating her body into, a shooting mm. position to, to suit the left in in a flash of time yeah. even the goal she got a few weeks ago running in whereby she had to move over from her right side to her left but dropped dropped her shoulder maybe dropped the ball d- down so she couldn't be blocked mm. I don't know what it is it's pure natural but mm. she just has an ability even though she is one-sided to, to get out of trouble the whole time but, I
1: mean, but, worry, but she's, but she, but she's rangy like you know she's very tall and rangy yeah, and I think yeah, that gives that gives her that sort of elusive abilities, but I do think, like, I don't know whether it's because they don't necessarily concentrate, like, on, like the like Shaned her would Hernan be the complete opposite. Like, I, I if I was a back, I'd find Sinead actually more difficult because you don't know whether she's going to kick off either foot and from distance or from close in. So, like again, like so we looked at, they have loads of threats, and Hannah I think yeah. is just a really a really good a really good addition to their arsenal up front. Yeah, I, I
3: think she's a massive addition, like. T- the, the the player that makes their forward line tick without her, Sinead the Hearn, has been brilliant. Probably her quietest season to date mm. in, in the probably the, of the five All All-Irelands or the four All Ireland they've won previous is yeah. Lindsay Davy. Yeah, she's their um, yeah. she's their quarterback in American football. She makes it, she makes them tick. She has been playing phenomenal football for them. Last year was phenomenal again this year. She's the one player. If I'm if I'm Eamon Murray and I'm wondering where do I stop them from the ball going in? She's one. She gets up and down the pitch. She's a phenomenal player and probably doesn't get enough credit because, again, they've such a star-studded line, edge and Carla Rowe there. Yes. Um, as we said, her and Neve McAvoy, and now they've brought in young young players like Queen O'Connor, Siobhan Keeling back from soccer. Um, so... She's the one player for if you had to target to to stop, and I think she makes Dublin tick. So I, I do think if, if he, he he's worrying about who, who, to, who their main marker goes on, I'd be putting it on Lindsay Davy every day of the week.
2: Yeah, um, I, so I I was kind of so keen to talk about Hannah there, I didn't really kind of introduce the women's football fans very well to those who maybe aren't overly familiar with it. It's um, five in a row chasing Dublin are taking on their nearest neighbours, Meath. But Meath are, Meath are just a great story, really. They were they're intermediate champions from last year, so they were only promoted last year. Um, when Eamon Murray took over in 2017, as he says himself, they were a kick of the ball away from going down to Division 4. And he says they were getting re- regular beatings from the likes of Wicklow and Wexford, which I took as a, a slight, because obviously he said this is as bad as it gets. But um, he, you know, it was it was bad, and he was an underage coach there, Cora, and he kind of, he told the county chairman, Look, I don't want this. I'm happy. He's from Cavan. He said, I, I, I love producing players for the senior team. I have no interest in managing the senior team. He, he, was, um, he got four or five calls from the county chairman and he eventually took the job. And he just seems he, just, he seems a little bit quirky. You can see the underage coach in me. He seems very much about morale and kind of the psychological side of the game. He seems to be very light and breezy about this All-Ireland final. And they're, they're obviously massive underdogs, but they have absolutely nothing to lose because they're, they're in, I hate the phrase, but they're, they're total bonus territory, Cora, I would say at this stage.
3: Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, and uh, um, I'm with you on Eamon Murray. He, he's certainly your, your coach that you probably win at under 14, under 16 level and, you know, enjoyment and fun and all that. And you can see that they're, they're playing. They love playing from, you know, and I do give it to him watching the Cork um, um, mm. match, they have a system of play and they stick to that defensive system of quite play. Defensive. It's, quite, had... it's quite
1: defensive, yeah. isn't it, Cora? No,
3: like there, there, was time, yeah, there was times I was watching the Cork game and I was like, you know, you're nearly getting agitated, saying, will you please push forward? Like the first 30, 40 minutes of that game, um, I remember doing, I was working um, for RT on radio that day and I was just like, oh my God, this game is, it was four points to all. It was just... There was nothing in it. It was very defensive and you just wanted something to happen because I've seen Mead play before and they're quite attack-minded um, and and they go, but they, he's for the first half an hour, 40 minutes to just set back and defend it, obviously they're afraid of Cork and and not wanting to go ahead, but I think when they got obviously got under a little bit of pressure and Cork went the ahead they had to kind of let the shackles off and you know, they, they got ahead. But yeah, no, they're, they're a team that are very interesting. They remind me of a, a team that I was involved when we won our first All-Ireland. We went in against a Waterford team, massive underdogs, nobody. Our first All-Ireland. We came from nowhere. No one expected us to play. And um, we went on and won our first All-Ireland. And, Uh, 99 and you know that they kind of remind me of a Mayo team back then um you know as I said we came from nowhere and we were massive underdogs going in and we bet Watford um so yeah you know they are massive underdogs this is a massive Dublin team this is their eighth final in a row they're going for five in a row obviously they lost the three previous to Cork um so it's going to be massively difficult for them. Um, and they probably have to go back to playing that defensive style of play for certainly the earlier stages of the game till they settle in. Um, and the biggest thing I think, and a lot of people that obviously you know look at men's football and ladies' football, Crow Park is a factor in in, in these games. And it was a factor the last day for me versus Cork. Because of the, the length of the pitch and how wide and, and long the pitch is, um, and and obviously, uh, ladies footballers and their ability to shoot from long range isn't as obviously the same as men. That's where probably Meade struggled um, to try and get from that counter attack from defence to attack because of it's such a long, a long pitch to try and get up. They struggled, they struggled once they, they turned over the ball in a counter attack. Normally they're gone or they get a score, but they struggled to do that the last day. A lot of balls were dropping short, so. D- I think that's something that Ava Murray will worry about, how they can get from their defence to attack and get their counter-attack working because they only really worked in the last probably 10, 15 minutes against me against Cork. Mm. And let's be fair, against and that, Cork... And,
1: and, and Cora, they had a lot of luck against Cork. I mean, Kieran Sullivan went off after 10 minutes with a, with a shoulder injury, um, who's arguably Cork's best player. And the penalty they were given was a free out. I mean, Jesus, it was a bloody free out. Like, I mean, Vicky, uh, it wasn't Vicky Wall. It was the sub-23 camera. Came barging through the middle and she fell over. And the next thing he blows for a penalty. I can understand Efi's complaints at that. Now, look, in fairness, the restart was Cork's own fault then to actually concede the second goal so soon. Are Dublin going to concede? Like, if, if Dublin are seven pints up with a couple of minutes to go, are Dublin going to blow it? No, they're
3: not. And that's where I was just about to get on to Rory. I, I, sorry, I think... sorry. No, you're all right. Not at all. I think the bit that, and I hate to say it, but that was a game that Cork lost rather than me winning. They blew it. You know, I remember been watching the game, and I was like, okay, I think it was um, two. uh, There was about three minutes to go. There were seven points up, and at fifty seconds, there was still a goal up. They conceded the penalty. It was back to Mm -hmm. three points at forty. I think it was forty-seven seconds. She kicked the ball out short, and to Hannah Looney. Hannah one or three, was very like, oh my God, just kicked the ball long, and then she she kicked it back to Martina, and that's how they got obviously the goal, and then went they had the momentum going into extra time. But yeah, it's going to be a massive, a massive game, or like, for me to try and go out and win it. If you know, it, it's going to be Dublin have to play at the the poorest they've probably played in a long time, and me playing the best game they ever played. Yeah. This Dublin team is they're they're different, they're a different animal, they're a really physical. <laughs> They're the most physical ladies football side since I retired from football. I remember playing them in 2017 and watching the 2018 Northern Ireland and their physicality. I think when since Mick came come in and he's always talking about the tackling, and, and you know ladies football needs to be more than non-contact and all this, but they're the most physical side and they will not let that that me team run at them and get through them. You know any team that they played, their physicality is huge and they've stars right throughout their pitch. Their midfield is probably Jennifer Dunn and Lauren Mcgee. Are the best midfield hands down, and again, the, the mead midfield is probably an area that they're they're, they're struggling. So yeah, they have a few injury <laughs> doubts. Probably needs, um, only chance, Carrillo is is in has yeah. is an injury doubt. Neve Collins, Neve McAvoy, and and I've heard Siobhan McGrath as well. So, they're four massive players for Dublin. For me to have any chance, you wouldn't want them four to play. And they have a number of stars in the bin. So, obviously, Goldie came back for her first half of football last week. And you could name five or six more players in their bin. They're a phenomenal team. And, again... be a bit like the Dublin men when they decide a few and it possibly could be after Sunday when a few decide to retire and step away um it might be a thing that they they'll become um a team that maybe the Mayos and the the Meads and the Corks will catch up to but it'll be on, on their decision to step away they're they're a phenomenal team and, and they'll yeah. go for as long as, as their players stay around
2: so they Damien they um Pence pretty stark picture there, and I think I think Dublin are are they they they've won their last twenty five championship matches like yeah. not unbeaten in twenty five they've just won them. There's no draws. There's no messing around like the men. They've just won every single game. Um, it's very hard to make a case for me, but I'm gonna ask you to. And the one thing I could say is, it, they have in Emma Duggan she's just a, a star yeah, yeah, she yeah, clearly yeah. has a fantastic and Vicky mentality. Vicky Wall
1: Vicky Wall Vicky Wall is a is definitely somebody that they if hmm. they can get enough supply and ball into she can cause damage as well but
2: and then there's the confidence after, after that. issue Damien they must but, have they must have left Crow Park 2 weeks ago just walking on air thinking that they were you know the best thing since sliced bread and rightly so they should have felt that way so they need to keep that kind of air of confidence if at all possible I guess
0: Well I suppose a couple of things first of all just to finish off the Dublin chat Mikey I mean Mick Bohan I'd say will be in massive demand if he decides to step away after if they do a five and roll. and he decides to step away because he's even from his time training Claire, he's in massive demand Cora's outlined what he's brought to that Dublin team uh, Cora's also outlined where Meath might struggle to uh, get their scores in transition Whereas players like Carla Rowe have been rampaging up and down that field. I always feel Carla could score anything Carla could score anything on any given day. But again, the last day out, the Dublin subs bench was like the Harlem Globetrotters. I, I mean, the star quality I saw was at um, the Dublin Mayo game, Cora. I just saw that the subs me up when I was there. My God almighty, just yeah, counting McAvoy, the...
1: Sneed yeah, Goldrick.
0: exactly. And you're counting the All-Ireland medals and you're counting the quality there as well. And then you say to yourself, have me any any chance whatsoever and I'd say the chance they have is, is quite small but you, you mentioned Emma Duggan uh, guys Neva Sullivan and, and, and Emma, Emma Troy as well are, are good players and I just felt that even against Armagh I didn't give them any chance whatsoever to be honest with you no, Armad didn't turn up on the day and me th- turned them over. Uh, last time out, i give them no chance whatsoever, mm. but they stuck at it. And, Core, I suppose th- the reason for their defensive style is maybe to stay in games and, and to stay at it. They have, a, I, g- I guess, a manager who's positive, who believes in them, um, who has brought them an awful long journey. And the one point I make is that that does give them a bit of hope. Even from our own perspective in Tipperary, we were on a yo-yo effect, bouncing up and down from intermediate to senior, for quite a while under Shane Ranaen, who did an unbelievable job with the team of girls that he had. And we had star players in our team too, the, the likes of the Ashleens And I think we all has had a chance of getting firepower, but yet when we reached senior level, I, I suppose, as we can even see in, in, up to last weekend, found it hard to stick at it. So me are on a roll, no matter what we address it up like. They're after come up from intermediate, the division one football, uh, you know, the champions, I, I suppose, is in their mindset now. They have a bit of look going for them as well, but they have a style of play. And I suppose they're going into a final with absolutely nothing to lose against possibly the greatest team. And you might argue with this, Cora, but like on paper, possibly the greatest team that has ever graced ladies football. Um, but yet you couldn't write them off. Uh, I don't think they'll win, but I think if they keep it tight, who knows what will happen? Because maybe the pressure could get to Dublin. i not saying this likely, but the way it maybe got to the men's footballers this year, you just don't know what the mentality is like.
3: Yeah. It's been a year, yeah.
2: it's been a year of shocks, score, so we have to live in hope.
3: <laughs> yeah. I think this will this will be the biggest shock of all. Um no, I yeah. like you have to give you have, certainly you have to give them a chance. And you know, they do have quality footballers, you know, they're quite a young team in, in, in you know, in their forward line. Vicky Wall, you're talking about Emma Duggan is only 18, mm. Stacy Grimes, these type of players. They're all, you know, early twenties or you know, very young kind of. So they're very inexperienced side. Obviously, when in the intermediate or you Ireland. Know, dead right. Stepping up from intermediate to senior is a huge challenge. And and we've seen it. Tipperary yeah. stepped up when to intermediate. West they are in the intermediate final. They're only after coming down from senior, you know, so the, and they're now in an intermediate final. We've seen them with Tyrone are now gone back down to intermediate, and come up to senior. So there is that step up. I think they are probably the best equipped to stay in senior. Um and you know that that's credit to him and Murray and what he's built over the last few years. It might have been to do that with that they've been in three intermediate All Irelands before the won one. Um so yeah I, I do think it it's it's going to be a game where it's it's going to be very difficult for them. The only probably little bit of hope I give um to me this that in in Dublin's um four championship games in, in the two-round robins, the quarter final, and and obviously against Mayo in the semi final, They have had moments in the game where they have lapses and they switch off. They've conceded, I think, something around six goals, six or seven goals in, in them four matches. Against Mayo, they conceded two soft goals in the first half. They were well on top. Mayo only scored 2-1 in the first half, but there were two goals where they let them in behind for each goal, where Mayo ran at them, a bit like what me they'll do. So that's where I give... Um, need a little bit of a chance that Dublin are a little bit susceptible at the back to conceding goals. McBohun won't like that because they're a team that are normally very tight to the back and don't concede. If you look at previous years that mm. they haven't conceded that much so he will be a little bit worried about that. Again it goes down if Neve Collins and Siobhan McGrath are not fit to play or carrying injuries that's your sit full back and your centre back mm. that you're missing but it's a good core of your back line that you really don't want to be missing and they're going to have to change things around there so that's what I give a little bit but I like I think yeah for me when you're in an All Ireland final first for the first 20 minutes or so yeah keep it tight at the back you know it's it's if they want to win this is going to be have to be a low scoring game but if Dublin yes. do get on top, there's no point being too defensive they are just going to have to to go at it because I think against Cork it took them to probably the last couple of minutes to go at it and they seen when they went at Cork they could achieve something so I think it's really mm. important hold tight for the first 20-25 minutes, but yeah, when you get your opportunities to go, that, that the Dublin defence at times can be a little bit susceptible to conceding scores, so that's their, I'm sure Eamon Murray has looked at that and said, you know, um, this is an area that we could get at them.
2: Okay. Um, the old adage, you can't win a game in the first 10 minutes, but you can lose it. We'll <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that, folks. Um, I think it's going to be an interesting game. It's a novel pairing, which is which is a nice thing, but I think Cora has very eloquently um laid out this the scale of the challenge ahead of me. so the best the best look to both teams on Sunday Um, you can listen to that match on RT radio one and follow live blog and everything else on the RT website and the RT news app so I'll just say uh thank you very much to Damien and to Cora and to Rory in his absence he's already left us and we will catch you all again next week thanks very much, folks. crucial from this how much longer
1: will the referee allow? lead by this